Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club, the place investors go to learn tips, tricks, and stories from other investors in the field. If you feel we provide a value to you, go ahead and hit that thumbs up, share, whatever it may be. And if you'd like for us to cover a specific topic, let us know in the comments or reach out to us through our website. Today, we have a very special guest, so buckle up, grab your pen and paper, and enjoy the ride. Right, we are live. Uh, we got Nick and Nathan with us here today. How are you guys doing? Good, Gabe. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Um, all right, so to get us started, why don't you guys let us know who you are, what you're doing, and uh, how you got started in real estate in the first place? Yeah, so I'm Nathan Sanders. Um, I'm a former CPA and now I'm in sales. Um, Started in real estate because I wanted to diversify my portfolio pretty significantly, and real estate is a great way to do that. Uh, partnered with Nick because one day he hit me up and said, hey, do you want to invest in a, um, a, a commercial real estate property in Westminster up in the Denver suburbs? And uh, I said, yeah, sure, that'd be great. He said, yeah, let me talk to some people. Nothing came of that, but it kind of started the plant of the seeds of like, how do we want to get this going? Like, do we want to invest in real estate and how do we do that? So that's really what happened uh, from the start of it. So, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And uh, Nick Newby, one of the founders of uh, uh, NANJS LLC with Nathan. Um, we got started, like you said, uh, before, uh, before I reached out to him, I kind of talked to a handful of people, knew some people that were in real estate um, thought that it'd be a great opportunity and started realizing that realized pretty quickly that I was not going to be able to get in, into anything that I wanted to individually. Um, so I said, well, let's find all the other people that are like me that have a, a little bit of cash to risk, but not uh, enough cash to go out and buy, you know, um, big apartment complex or something like that. So started looking at some crazy ideas like the commercial real estate property that uh, Nathan was talking about. And then um, like you said, even though nothing came from that, we had some conversations with some people that were like, yeah, this would be a great idea. We really like it. Um, this may not be the right one, but let's, let's keep looking. And that's kind of the genesis of, of how we got started. Right on. And so you guys are relatively new to the space, correct? Yeah, we've, uh, so we've been operational since for the last two years. We bought uh, properties just about two years ago. Um, but we've gone really slow. We started out, um, we took about eight, a year to 18 months before we really even settled on a location to buy. Then took about six months to go ahead and buy in that location. And now I've kind of sat on the, uh, the properties that we have um, before we're now uh, about to start raising funds for, for a next uh, venture as well. That is awesome. And uh, we'll go into this in a second, but um, actually let's just do that right now. So um, you guys got started just a couple of years ago. Um, you're, you're relatively new. You have a few properties already under your belt. You're looking on to the next thing. Um, it sounds like multifamily is the next, uh, next shot. Was that about right? Um, we, we kind of, uh, we've gone back and forth right now. We have, um, five, five total properties, three single family homes, a triplex and a fourplex. Um, and we've kind of thought about a similar type of mix for the next time, about 60% single family, 40 ish percent multifamily. Um, cause we feel like that gives a good blend of, um, risk to reward, um, kind of following like a typical investment cap M type model of like, how do we kind of get enough of a foot into the multifamily pool to take advantage of the, uh, the high returns? 
um, but also have some some structure and some safety for uh, for when things start to hit the fan. Gotcha. Okay. So um, so it sounds like you guys are buying in um, in batches essentially. Um, so what is you've already bought a few a few single families and a few multifamilies. Um, so what is your bread and butter right now? If you just kind of take us through what your, uh, what your criteria is, what you're looking for. Um, I know you just touched on it a second ago, but just go a little bit deeper into, um, how you're operating your business right now. Yeah. So, uh, we're, we're, it's kind of a buy and hold strategy. So, I mean, we're not looking for an appreciation play, uh, specifically with this first LLC. Um, that may change down the road, but really the quick and dirty method, the way that we figured it out was like, this is worth pursuing in greater detail was if the selling price of the, of the property was less than one month, uh, uh, 1% of one month's rent. So if a property was selling for, you know, $70,000, but I could, but we could get, was that 700, a month? then it was worth pursuing into greater detail, you know, and then at least seeing what, what that held. So, so you guys are using the 1% rule to identify your potential, potential buys. Mm-hmm. And are you using that for both single family and multifamily? We did. Yeah. For the most part, um, with the, with the caveat that we knew that it was easier to get on uh, multifamily properties. Um, and uh, so we, we kind of use that still as the baseline to focus our search. Um, but then, uh, try to try to expand up from that 1% rule on multifamilies and engage the risk that we to kind of settle in on the, the, the two properties that we got. Um, and that's kind of been, been pretty successful for us so far. Awesome. All right. So I want to delve a little bit farther into the nuts and bolts of your business and your, your analysis. Um, I know Nick, you, you have quite a background in data and analytics, um, which is, which is a good benefit for, uh, for the real estate sector for sure. Um, so kind of, why don't, why don't we start out? Um, you know, there's different, there's different phases to any real estate transaction and it all starts with finding a lead. Um, how do you guys go about finding the, the potential properties that you're going to buy? And then how do you, um, what criteria and what, how do you analyze those properties? Yeah. So to, to kind of start off with, um, we were, we really kind of focused on where we or our set of investors were already located, um, to kind of give some initial qualitative over uh, qualitative review. So even though I'm an analytics guy, I kind of wanted to have some understanding of the markets that we were going into. Um, and then we use that to start to narrow down uh, and look at that kind of 1% rule in those markets. So us being in Denver, the 1% rule really doesn't ever exist in, uh, in Denver at all. Right? <laughs> Same as Seattle. It's, it's not a thing. <laughs> right. So, um, so we kind of pretty quickly shifted away from, from the Denver area. Um, and then it was really about scraping, um, scraping Zillow ads just to see kind of what markets had anything close to the 1% rule. Um, so for a, a project that was kind of separate from the real estate world, I, I worked with a client in my, my day job, um, scraping Zillow ads for um, prices, previous sales. Um, and then I used the technology to go ahead then and scrape, um, scrape deals for us to try to see like, okay, which deals are going to make, uh, which have rental estimates above 1% um, that are going to make it worth it for us. Um, and then actually where that was interesting to kind of give us an idea of like where we could focus. But ultimately, how we, we came upon, upon the location in Joplin, Missouri, where we ended up, was really just a friend referral. Um, a friend came up and 
we were telling him the idea, talking about it in Denver and, and how there's no way we could find these metrics anywhere, anywhere around here. And he's like, oh, you should come out to Joplin. That'll, you can make that work easy. And I didn't believe him until we started looking at the numbers. And I was like, every property you look at was at least 1%, if not 1.8, 1.9. I was like, crazy. Um, so great. really, we'd like to have some really cool analytic way of, of getting to more properties. But our <laughs> first, the first nut that we cracked was a friend. Yeah. 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 yeah it all, uh, I've, you know, I've had a number of people on the show and I think every single one of them, um, either their first or their second. Uh, most powerful, you know, lead generation tactic has always been networking, just building relationships, talking to people. Um, eventually, you're going to find something. So worked for you guys too, even with those, uh, the powerful brain of uh, analytics behind you. Right. <laughs> um, all right. So that's how you, you guys, uh, your first deal came through somebody that you actually knew. Um, and then you went about and you you decided on that deal based on the 1% rule. Is that right? Yeah. So that was kind of what got us into that market. Um, kind of looked through Joplin, Missouri. Uh, I don't know how, if you know about it, but there's like 60,000 people in the town, roughly. Are you uh, saying you know, Gotham, Missouri? Joplin, Missouri. Joplin. Joplin, okay. Yeah, so uh, you may be familiar with the tornado that went through, you know, 10, 2010 or so. Yeah. No, I'm not sure, but yeah. it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. Um, tough on the city, but yeah. So um, that was kind of how we, we narrowed down the location. Oh, and I got lost. Yeah, you just disappeared into the, disappeared. Into the background. <laughs> um, so that's how we kind of narrowed down the location uh, was noticing that the whole area had met this one, the 1% rule for us. Um, and then we started narrowing down to uh, the properties that we wanted to look for um, and decided that we needed to take a trip out there and, and start looking at actual properties, decide on, on which ones we wanted to go ahead and pull the trigger on. And like, like we mentioned before, like you said, you know, we bought in batches. So we wanted to, we knew we wanted to buy, four to eight total properties uh, and try to get to uh, eight to 12 units total. Um, that's kind of where we started. Okay. And uh, I mean, the next step, once you find a property is you got to finance that property. It sounds like you guys did that um, with your, with your own capital. Is that correct? Um, our own capital. And then we also brought in uh, a few investors with us as well. Um, so we have four investors that, are, that came along with us. Um, and then we uh, financed with the local bank uh, in Joplin as well. It's great. Um, and you, and you mentioned Joplin is a 60,000, um, 60,000 city is in a bit in a bigger Metro or are you guys, um, are you guys looking for the smaller Metro areas to invest in? Yeah, mostly the smaller Metro areas. Kind of the criteria for that is the biggest thing is making sure that it's not one employer. Um, mm. For instance, yep. Bloomington Normal has has two two major employers, right? Like State Farm is headquartered there, and there and the Illinois State University campus is there. To me, that doesn't make sense, right? Because it's if State Farm decides we're going to move to Atlanta, the bottom drops out of the housing market. So we look for kind of a, a more dispersed workforce from the standpoint that um, if one company decides to leave or they go under you're not affected. The whole town's not destroyed. Right. So, uh, Joplin had, uh, at the time we were looking at a medical college that they were just opening up. So there was going to be 400 new residents coming in, uh, like a dog food plant was opening up. So dog there was a lot. Of- <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> gotta make it somewhere. That's it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was, I mean, it just seemed like there was a, a, di- a diverse enough work, uh, workforce that, 
any any one segment goes under and it's it's not going to affect um long term or or it's not going to affect uh, drastically the, the housing market so yeah that makes sense having a diverse workforce um i have i've looked at uh um well mobile home parks in in areas that were pretty much supported by one uh, one industry and it's a risk it doesn't mean that it's a, a horrible investment it just means that you got to go in wide eyes wide open so yeah there's a i mean look at lordstown right like it, Five years ago, that would have been a great investment, but now, you know, when uh, the Ford plant shuts down, it's like, ooh, that's that's scary for an investor. Yeah. Look at Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the automobile industry in general, right? Yep. All right, so um, so that's what you guys are doing. You guys, you you found your your properties, um, networking. Uh, you finance them yourself, and you finance them with other you know private investors. Um, how about the operations? How are you guys, are you guys handing that over to property management? Um, are you guys operating it yourselves? It sounds like it's out of state for you. Um, so how are you, how are you going about doing that? Yeah. So since it's out of state, we do have uh, property managers, um, out there on site. Um, we've talked about doing, doing some of the property management ourselves, but with it being out of state, it really doesn't make sense. Um, I think in future ventures, uh, that are closer to the Denver area or closer to where we are, we, I think we may we may want to get into that a little bit more um, just because, you know, giving up a percentage off the top makes it tough, but it's also been nice to, to be, you know, just uh, a phone call away from, from managing everything. So a lot of the little things get handled. Um, and then we just have to worry about handling the big things. Um, but even then we've still been on site uh, every year for the last three years that we've, uh, that we've been buying and owning the properties. Um, so we're still pretty close to them. That's great. Yeah, I, I'm just listening to you guys. I'm pulling two things out of there. For one, um, that 10% property management fee, totally worth it. Um, I mean, having to having to deal with that every night and day, especially when you're getting into larger numbers, um, it, can, it can be hard. Um, and then I forgot that second thing. So we're just going to move on from that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we've kind of heard about your guys' business, um, about how you get cl- or how you get leads, um, how you take them on, and then now how you're operating them. Um, I want to go into a little bit more on the experience side of things. So you know, we all know real estate is it's a roller coaster, emotionally and financially. You're going up, you're going down. Um, so kind of tell us, go into a story about um, kind of the low point that you guys have had and what lesson that you kind of pulled from that. You want to yeah. Talk? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, yeah. So uh, I think the lesson is never by sight unseen, at least going to the place. So we were, uh, so we bought, I think four, we, we purchased four, three multi or three single families and one that, that triplex. And we were riding pretty high. I mean, we were, we were like, all of these are working out. This is great. So we came across a, yeah. a fourplex that the was single families rented out in like like three days. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it was just, I mean, we're like, we're like, why haven't we done this sooner? This is amazing. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, this quadplex, this fourplex came up and we were like, all right, well let's, let's go for it. Like it looked good. It met the criteria. Uh, there were a few like kind of pulling things. It was like, uh, you know, we're running into a couple of issues with inspection. Um, Big thing was so we settled on our price. The appraisal came back lower than the than the price than the contract price. So the the buyer or the seller dropped it to the appraisal price okay. immediately. And we're like, you know, you start having that nagging doubt of like, are we? Is, is what's this going a mistake? On? <laughs> and 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 it it turned out. I mean, 
it's turned around now, but yeah, those first few months were pretty dreadful because uh, I think I think the big thing that sold us on it was out of the out of the four two there were two units already rented, so we thought okay, we're at least going to cover our our debt service, our our utilities, anything that we have there. We're at least going to break even on this, no matter what. Well, immediately one of them one of the tenants moved out, and the other stopped paying rent, and so. We had to deal with that, and in the meantime, there was, uh, there was a. I think we've gone through three water heaters three since water. then Oof, uh, on that property. We've gone through. Uh, we've done some some new flooring. We've done uh, a couple of refrigerators. So I mean, it was just a every every week. It was like our property manager would call, and it's like I'm not picking up the phone. I, she can leave a message. <laughs> this is bad news. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was that was pretty. Um, that was pretty low for a while. So we had to, we, we were kind of scraping by on cash. And so we, uh, Nick and I both had to kind of give a, um, a loan to the, to the LLC to, to float the, the cash for a little while. Um, so we weren't. So the lesson you pulled out of that one was do a little bit more. Don't, Oh, don't buy sight unseen. Don't buy sight unseen or, or, or have a, I mean, our, our realtor was pretty good. So I wouldn't say, you know, have a realtor that you can trust, but, um, yeah, I mean, just do, do your due diligence to your point, uh, earlier, right? Like, I mean, you want to make sure that that's, that it's there. Right. And so, yep. um, when we I think- actually, uh, our group just walked, um, we were going to buy a 10 unit out in Columbus. Um, and you know, it looked good on every, on paper. It looked really good. Um, we started talking to the tenants and everything and, uh, um, basically it turned out that the, the, there was going to be high vacancies. And so, um, when, you know, once we purchased it, um, we were going to have about 60% occupancy, uh, which meant that it wouldn't be cash flowing on purchase. Um, once we, you know, fix it up, it would be cash flowing, but we just decided, uh, we decided to walk on that one. So we, uh, we, we know your pain. We didn't go through with it, but, uh, I know, I know, I know what, what could have happened. And so I can feel you there. Definitely lesson learned. I mean, it, it was an expensive lesson, but I mean, it, it'll pay, it'll pay back in spades down the road because now we know, you know I mean? And you walked away and that's something that I think comes with experience, right? Like to be able to, to look at a deal and just be like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. You know, yep. I feel like part of us, we're like, well, we're this far invested. Let's just finish the swing on it. And yeah, that's a hard thing. Yeah. Costs. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, so that's the bot, that's the trough. Um, obviously, you know, there, there's peaks too. Um, so, what what keeps you guys going? Um, what what gets you out of bed um, when you're thinking about doing real estate investing? Um, why are you guys still going forward with it? Yeah, I think probably is is not even necessarily like the economics are nice right now that we've we've gotten through the trough. Um, that's uh, obviously a big perk, but I think probably the the thing that keeps us going is that when when all of this kind of the bottom of the trough was really hitting at like December timeframe, we talked to our investors, um, kind of told them, hey, here's what 2019 looked like. We think that 2020 or 2020 is going to look much better. Um, here's here's our plan. We're going to go out to uh, the properties and, and fix them up ourselves um, to try to really kind of turn it around. And all of our investors are like, "Cool, sounds good. We'll come out with you. We'll come help you help you tear up the floors and fix up floors and paint the walls, whatever we got to do." And I was like, "Wow, that's like really cool that that these other investors that were passive were like trusted us. That they, they thought it still liked the idea. They felt like it was it was still." And in, we had still made good plans, um, even if they hadn't started, hadn't paid off at the point. Um, but uh, the fact that they were kind of on board and said, hey, let's all go do it. 
you know, everyone, everyone falls sometimes. So let's all pick it up and, and fix it. I think that's, that's I love it. Yeah, for sure. I haven't heard of that happening before, but I, uh, you know, having the, the passive investors go out and be a little active. That's a, that, that's a great story. I love that. Yeah. So, uh, about a month ago, um, uh, Nathan, one of the investors were already out in Missouri, in uh, St. Louis. So they came on down and, and then me and two of the other investors loaded up in a car from Denver and drove 12 hours across Kansas to go and tear up floors and paint. And it was, it was fun. It was a good time. We all had a fun time too. It's just, just hanging out with a bunch of guys. That's great. Yeah. And that's the one thing that uh, I feel like a lot of people overlook is that, um, you know, flipping houses, you know, getting, getting rentals um, up and ready. It's just, it can also just be a lot of fun, especially if you're doing it with the people you like. Um, I, I personally enjoyed it. It sounds like you guys do too. So. Um, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit here. Um, we've talked about your experiences. We've talked about, you know, your business, how you're running it, um, the nuts and bolts. And so now kind of go into, um, into the personal side of things. So what habit do you guys think, um, for yourselves, what is it that, that contributes the most to your success? Um, that if somebody else were to pick up the same habit, they would, uh, they would see a, a measurable impact on their own business. Hmm. Good question. Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I think that, uh, I think one of the, I, I think it could be a good and a bad habit. Um, and I'll explain why. So a good habit I think is looking, being willing to look at every deal. Um, now I think we get into problems like, uh, like mock, like this, uh, this fourplex that we were, that Nathan just talked about the kind of the trough is looking at every deal and then trying to paint, paint every pig, um, can kind of be a, be a problem, but being willing to look at all of them, even if it's way out of our range. So like, we'll look at, uh, you know, a 200 unit, multi-million dollar apartment and just like run the numbers, look at what it would be like knowing full well, that's like, Hey, that's not where we're at right now. But just to go through the process of like, okay, what would this cost? What's the value? What effort would we have to put into it? Where, who would we have to talk to you to get uh, financing from it? You know, how much would we need to expand our investment group? Um, I think that's, that's a big key, at least for our future growth um, is just to continue to like always look at like what's, any, any deal going to look like. Um, cause I think that'll help us to, uh, to get to our next level, um, when we're ready for that. Do you have anything, any other ideas? Yeah, no, I think, I, I mean, I went in from, I, my career kind of spanned CPA and taxation into sales, which is kind of a weird transition. But I think the big thing was an open mind and, and getting to yes, like trying to get to like, how can we make this work? So instead of, saying, well, that'll never work. It's like, well, how, how can we make that work? And I mean, to Nick's point, could be a blessing and a curse. You know I mean? It's like, how can we make this one quadplex work? And it's like, <laughs> like this, <laughs> you know, you, you put a bunch of money into it and, <laughs> and, then, and then it'll start working uh, eventually. But, but it's like one of those things where it's, uh, you know, always keeping that open mind and always having the, just the way that you can say, how can we get there? Like, how do we get there instead of that'll never work? I like it. So, uh, so basically practice makes perfect and, uh, kind of have a yes attitude when you're going into things. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So we try to keep these, um, to about 20 to 30 minutes. So we're running on the, the tail end of this, um, this episode here. So, uh, you guys need something, you guys need things too. So if somebody were to bring you something, what is it that you would be, you, you would like for them to bring you? Um, skills, um, you know, network, anything like that. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we're always looking for um, new markets, kind of like we talked about that yeah. because we're kind of looking at this, these tertiary markets and the Joplin is, you know, under 100,000 um, kind of smaller areas. 
Uh, it's hard to know where all those are, right? We didn't, we only knew Joplin because of a friend, you know. So I think hearing about you know where there's markets that um, that other people aren't interested in, um, I think that that's kind of a a good place to for us to start looking. So people are like, hey, you know, there's a bunch of deals over in this area, but it's not something that I'm into. Uh, for instance, um, uh, a friend of mine um, was doing a bunch of deals in uh, the middle the middle part of the the country, um, and then started mentioning some cities that he wouldn't touch. But he's like, hey, you know, if you guys are interested. Toledo has good numbers. They just don't have the volume that, that I'm interested in. Um, so take a look. Here's some deals. Um, so I think that that's, that's always helpful. Um, and then obviously just a network of, of people to continue to get ideas from. Because um, I think, you know, we kind of have a, a one way that we've, that we've done this so far. Um, and trying to come up with new ideas of like, how do you bring new people in? How do you get different types of investors um, and things like that? Yep. Right. Yeah, I think new ideas in particular would be really cool to, to learn just from like what people have done, what's successful, what's not. I mean, just knowing the experience, right? Because I mean, we started this thing, we didn't have any investor experience. None of our investors had real estate experience besides buying personal property. It was like, we're going to do it this way. And I mean, hopefully we don't lose all y'all's money. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But thanks for thanks for trusting us to do so. You know? <laughs> yeah. Any 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 ideas are always are always welcome. Ideas and networking. All right. Um, and just kind of piggybacking on that, if somebody did want to reach out to either of you guys, um, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, I think uh, reaching out over LinkedIn. Um, any either of us on LinkedIn yeah. would be great. Um, and then we'd love to grab beers and, and chat, or, or uh, virtually grab beers as as the world is right now. Um, <laughs> So uh, we'd love to chat. Perfect. All right. Well, Nate uh, or Nick and Nathan, thank you guys both for coming on the show. Um, I can speak for everybody, uh, you know, listening and watching. We appreciated um, the stories and the wisdom that you shared with us. So thank you for jumping on. Um, Everybody listening and watching, um, if you guys want to get in in contact with either of them, check out LinkedIn. It'll be in the notes. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. Thanks, Gabe. It's a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on the Real Estate Investing Club. If you feel we provided value, we would appreciate it if you hit that thumbs up, share it with your friends online, whatever it may be. If you'd like to share or partner with us on an investment deal, we are always looking for quality projects. Go to www.therealestateinvestingclub.com to get in contact with one of our partners. Otherwise, I hope you guys have an absolutely fantastic day and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.